If this is your first time here, welcome. And if it's your 13th time here, welcome again. But we'd love to have you as part of our podcast family. So subscribe, hit that subscribe button, and you'll be notified when new episodes drop. We don't want you to miss a single thing. So hit that follow or subscribe button and listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and wherever you go for podcasts. Hello and welcome to Positively Joy, the podcast on searching for the light in all seasons. I'm your host, Yvette Walker. And today we are talking about comics, but not just any comic. We're talking about Daredevil. And we're talking about Daredevil because he's a curious and very interesting character who actually has a religious tradition and during uh, his run had a crisis in faith. And so I thought that would be a really interesting thing to talk about on the show today. But not just myself, I have some comic experts and we need that because I am not one. But I want to thank... Kate Polson and Anthony Brown for being on the show today. Guys, thank you so much. Yeah, it's great to be here. All right, so uh, Kate is a longtime comics fan, now living in Florida and working on research grants. And Anthony is a longtime comics fan as well, uh, with a keen insight on social justice issues and works in the medical field. Uh, And where are you living now, Anthony? Uh, I'm in Moore, Oklahoma. Okay. Uh, they, they both met in Oklahoma uh, and were co-hosts along with former Oklahoman.com writer Matt Price on the Infinite Danger Room podcast. And that was for the Oklahoman and Oklahoman.com. So their pedigree is perfect for this. I'm really excited to get talking about Daredevil and his background and his, and his religious tradition. So let's get started. First off, gentlemen, um, how'd you get started in the comic book world? And Anthony, let's take you first. Um, for me, it was something that was handed down to me from my father. Um, my father read and collected comic books, and then uh, I guess when he felt like I came of age, he gave me his comic book collection um, to just build on and read and grow. And so I actively collected comic books, I don't know, for close to 30 years, I would say. Mm-hmm. And then I decided that collecting the actual physical comics wasn't something that I wanted to do. And I started to collect them in the trade paperback form, which are just collected versions of several comic books. One just kind of conserved space, but two, um, I just kind of had an epiphany where I realized the stories were more important to me than like the physical comic book itself. Mm. And so having a lot of older comics that I couldn't necessarily open and read because of their value, um, didn't appeal to me. As much as the story itself, I'd rather read this story than to have this book in a for, in a format that I could never open again. Otherwise, it may lose $300 in value or something crazy like that. Mm, okay. Uh, it's always great to hear the family traditions. That, that's really nice. Kate, what about you? Uh, well, mine are probably the same. Uh, I have an older brother, and when he started going to school, and you know, and I was I was younger, and I wasn't in school yet, um, I could tell he was kind of learning to read, and so I couldn't read yet. Um, my parents told me about Batman, Superman, and I think I was always interest, interested in those. But um, buying the comics, you know, they say a picture's worth a thousand words. Well, I could look at the story even if I couldn't read it, and so I came from a very small town. 
uh, called Watonga in Oklahoma. And uh, we had a grocery store that had a few comics on the rack. And he'd uh, buy me one every now and then. And he would read it to me. And kind of, I would try to remember what happened in the story, but I'd use the pictures. Mm. And so that with Batman uh, coming out in 1989 with Michael Keaton, that movie really started uh, my love for comic books and collecting and following the Batman stories and Superman. I got to watch all the Christopher Reeve movies, you know, <laughs> from when I was a kid, you know, they were, they were, they'd been out for probably at least about 10 years. So I just developed love for watching all those movies and a passion for, for reading the stories in the comics and new TV series. The Batman animated series was coming out when I was a little kid in early 1990s. So all of those things mixed together created my love for comics. And, you know, you mentioned comics are out in lots of different versions and different media. Uh, and I yes. think that some people, you know, like myself, I don't have a background of reading comic books growing up, but, but I have Netflix. So now yes. I am learning about, um, you know, a lot of the, um, the comic book characters in this particular media form. And we're here to talk about Daredevil because I, I just think he's so interesting. And it's not that other comic book characters don't have some kind of religious tradition, but I felt like the fact that they dealt with it in the storyline so much, I'd never seen that before. And again, no expert, don't have a huge comic book uh, history or tradition, but I'd just never seen that before. So Kate, if you could, you know, would you describe Daredevil's religious background and kind of how we see him in, and let's talk about, um, Let's let's be specific to if you're talking about, you know, the Netflix version, which some people may have seen, or if it's if it's another comic book version, because they may have gone into it either deeper or in a different way. Sure. Uh, so I'll start with the original comics first. Uh, Daredevil debuted in 1964, created by Stan Lee and Bill Everett. Um, you find out really in that first issue that Matt. Matt Murdock, so that's his full name. Matt Murdock becomes Daredevil. Starts off when he's a kid. Um, he's raised by a single father. I'm just gonna kind of give a quick synopsis here. Uh, a single father who's a boxer, and you kind of find out that he is a boxer, but he takes balls, and he doesn't want Matt to be like he is. He wants Matt to be better. Um, through the first issue and several issues after that, you kind of learn more about his Catholic faith, but uh, Matt's father, battling Jack Murdoch, uh, he is killed in the first issue because instead of taking a fall like he was supposed to do, he ended up winning a fight so that he could prove to his son that he wasn't a loser, I guess, for lack of better words. He, he wanted to show him that he stood for something. Mm -hmm. And you find that out in the Netflix series as well. Right. Um, but... You find out about his Catholic background, and they build on that a lot as this, the comic book series go. I haven't read all of the Daredevil comics, um, and the, the ones from the 60s probably a little harder to read now, um, but there's a lot in Frank Miller's run, which we'll, we'll talk about that as we go. But his background, he is, he is heavily raised Catholic, um, and that's, that's the same in the shows, in the movies. It's very pervasive in um, his origin and all of the media. He is raised Catholic. He usually goes to confession um, and talks to the priest there, who's kind of his confidant in his vigilante activities. Mm -hmm. um, Anthony, anything uh, Kay left out that you'd like to add? 
No, I, I think he was spot on. The The Catholic faith part um, is a big part of the character. Um, and also a part of his origin, one of the things that happens that varies from uh, the, t- the Netflix TV version versus the comic book version is that Daredevil loses his sight because of uh, of an automobile accident uh, involved with like some radioactive waste that was being transported. And so that's what causes him his blindness. And as a result of him losing his sight, he gets enhanced uh, hearing. And so it works as radar for him. And so in the comics or in the Netflix TV show, I don't know that it went that exact same route um, about how and why. And so the Kingpin is actually involved in Daredevil's origin because it was his company that was transporting the radioactive waste and ultimately caused him to lose his sight. Um, he also had a part to play in the death of his father. However, in the Netflix series, that was kind of too long and drawn out. And in comics, the characters don't really seem to age. Mm-hmm. So as Daredevil um, is doing all these things, the Kingpin just kind of looks like the Kingpin the entire time. Whereas in this, in the Netflix series, they needed them to be kind of closer in age in order to be rivals and things like that. Um, so things would would sync up a lot better than what they are. So, um, but he is a blind hero. And so that's kind of the thing that, that's kind of the, the draw to him. And so when Stan Lee was creating these characters, he gave all of them, um, for lack of a better phrase, a quirk or something kind of associated with that. Um, to make them unique. And so mm-hmm. that was the thing that he gave Matt Murdock was his blindness and using that as a strength. Okay. Looking back on it, um, I find that we, you know, we see him go to church. We see him have conversations um, with the priest there, Father Paul Lantham. Um, they're pretty close. Um, at some point, you know, Father Lantham recognizes who he is, understands who he is. I don't want to give too much away because there's some people who might actually go go watch it. Um, but I think it's interesting because uh, he has one conversation, and usually he comes to see him after he's been, like, really beaten bloody. <laughs> Something happens like that. Um, but he came to see him, and he said, uh, and it was right after he and Claire, Claire is a nurse who he, uh, at least in the Netflix series, you know, might have had a, a relationship with. Of course, he's also, you know, with Luke Cage at some point. But, but at this point, uh, he's... Uh, she's just his nurse and friend, and she compares him to martyrs and saviors who who just who get bloody and are alone all the time. So he has that conversation with Father Father Lantham, and he also asks him something interesting. He asks them, he asks him, did God create him to be this way? Because from what I can tell, again, no expert, a lot of the um, the powered people. This happens in some kind of an accident or some kind of an evil scientist did something bad like Jessica Jones, something like that. Um, but he asked him, you know, did the fact the fact that I am this way, um, did he got God didn't create him that way. He wasn't born like that. But did God intend for him to be that way? And I thought that was an interesting conversation. Um, do you remember that or did they talk about that in the books? Oh, uh-huh. It does come up quite a bit in the books. I'll go ahead and defer to Kate. It looks like he was ready to say something really quick. Sure. Actually, they do talk about that a lot in the books. I mean, I think that's that's part of his Catholicism showing. I mean, you're always questioning that. He's questioning his faith. Actually, in the newest volumes by Chip Zdarsky that I've been reading, 
um, Matt finds out that it's very normal to question your faith and that's what you're supposed to do so that you can grow uh, as a person in your, in your relationship with God. Uh, so let me see if I, I actually wrote some notes down about that. Okay. Um, this is from Chip Zdarsky's volume two. It's called No Devils, Only God. And this is found in issue number nine, page one through three. He is having a chess match with Reed Richards. And basically what he's saying is that he's having some trouble understanding God and his wishes and if he even exists, Mm -hmm. uh, essentially. He wants to know Reed Richards' opinion because he's a scientist. He's the leader of the Fantastic Four. And Reed Richards, um, after listening to Matt, who says, you know, I'm a man about rules. This has been baked into my religion and part of the reason why he becomes a lawyer. Um, He believes that rules help people to be better so that they don't harm each other, so that they help each other. Um, But, you know, he kind of loses his way and he says that he can't tell what God's plans for him are. And sometimes he thinks maybe he's worked against God's rules or maybe he's twisted one of God's, you know, interpretations that he had in front of him. And maybe he's suffered because of it. And maybe he's caused suffering. Mm. And he said he's been trying hard to follow these rules once again. I think he's seen this kind of from a lawyer's perspective and these rules being, you know, you shouldn't be a vigilante. You know, you should adhere to the laws that are around you. But here you are trying to right wrongs in an illegal way and you can tell it's it's this internal battle for matt and reed just pretty much shares with him that you know he's a man of science and that he's he's there's been a lot of things he's experienced in his world that he can't really explain he's traveled to unimaginable places he's seen cosmic beings that represent abstract ideas and you know, he's maybe even seen an afterlife. And so he can't deny God's existence. Um, and he can't say that he can confirm it, but he says that he suspects that perhaps there is some type of being and that there may not be textual rules mm-hmm. and there may not be one correct religion, uh, but he believes that it's this morality that's instilled within, within us, these morals that kind of help guide us to right and wrong. And those form religion and they form laws that we have. And so Matt kind of comes to the conclusion that maybe this is part of everyone's journey is that, you know, maybe that's what faith is. Mm -hmm. We can't find reason and we can't find logic. Um, It's something that we aren't able to understand. So maybe we all have this journey in understanding God and we have to try to listen to this person he creates within us and try to do what's right and try to avoid what's wrong. So I hope that kind of gives a little yeah. bit of background. Yeah. You know, because sure. it's not unusual for, for comic book heroes to be moral people. Yeah. Um, in fact, there's a really interesting, and this is, this is a whole nother show, I guess, but it's very interesting. There's a Netflix or is it Amazon prime show called the boys about, um, about mm-hmm. power, about heroes who are not very moral at all, actually. Yeah, but most yeah. comic book heroes that we see do have this morality. Um, you know, I remember the conversation that um, that Matt had with with uh, Father Paul about, you know, because his nickname is the Devil of Hell's Kitchen. Hell's Kitchen is a neighborhood in New York City. He feels invested in protecting, 
Um, and talk about duality. So he's a vigilante, like you said, breaking the law. He is a lawyer supporting the law. Um, he is an action hero. He's blind and not, and not supposed to have this kind of power that he has. So there's a lot of duality going on with him. Um, but he talks to Father Paul and he says, um, is there a devil inside me, basically? And yeah. Father Paul tells him, maybe maybe it's your angels that are really trying to, to push you to do things. Um, mm-hmm. It was interesting. So um, I noticed that in the Netflix series, St. Patrick's Cathedral in Hell's Kitchen. It's a major setting. He's there frequently. Um, Matt does speak frequently with uh, with Father Paul. And I wonder um, if you guys could say, what does this say to the average fan? You know, not every fan is going to have a religious tradition, um, but we do live in a um, Judeo-Christian society um, with lots of religions, not just Jewish and Christian, but that's just you know, our society is based on Judeo-Christian um, beliefs. So, um, so certainly some fans may have these traditions, some might not. But what do you think this says to the average fan to see religion on display on a show like this? I think given the rise of superheroes and just kind of the, the way that they have become ingrained in culture, um, I would say in the last 10 years with the rise of the Avengers series and kind of everything that spun off from that, I think that it's, it's good to see. I think that it speaks to the diversity of the superhero community and what, marvel and netflix were trying to accomplish Mm. um because if you look at what they've done um they've had gay heroes they've had straight heroes they've had bi heroes i mean they've had people from all 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 walks of life um who knows when they're going to be able to start making movies again but they announced that they're going to have a transgender hero as well Mm. at some point so i think that what they're doing is they're speaking to all people and saying that no matter what walk of life you come from or what your persuasions may be, there is a place for you within the comic book community or even the superhero genre um, and community. And so it's kind of welcoming to all people Um, from a faith aspect. I think that it's telling people that it's important for people to believe in something like we can um, obviously when it comes to Christianity or uh, Christ in general, there are several different veins with that. And so, um, there's the Catholic, then there's all the Protestant religions. Um, and you know, there's Muslim and everything else. And so I think one of the things that this shows is that, you know, faith is important. Find your faith, find something to believe in, because regardless of what religion you believe in, none of them teach hate. Um, you know, regardless of, of what it is that you worship or who it is you may worship. So they, they, they teach brotherhood, peace, friendship, um, helping out your fellow man. And so, um, that's where his, that's where daredevil's battle comes in is that in his quest to do good and feel, he feels like to use this gift that he has for good. Um, he wants to make sure that he's doing right by the faith that was ingrained in him. And so beating people up, isn't necessarily the best thing to do for him, but he's doing that in a quest for justice. And a couple of the times when he has went out and just, senselessly beat people up Mm -hmm. um that's when he felt the worst but when he was you know working for for good and and helping people out and delivering justice um that's when he had the most uh sense of fulfillment 
follow-up question. So, Anthony, you told me that most comics fans kind of see Daredevil as synonymous with three things. Blindness, the Catholic Church, and Kingpin, who is his arch enemy, and a very, very hateful and evil person. Um, so, we, you know, you just talked about how, how comics are really broadening and, and, and including a larger community among their heroes and their, therefore responding to their fans. But do you think that Daredevil fans or really any comics fans are interested in these issues of faith and religion? Do they see themselves in the difficulties and crises that these superheroes may have? I mean, obviously, you know, I may not be a vigilante and I'm not beating people up, but, but maybe, you know, maybe I'm questioning, maybe I'm, you know, maybe somebody in my family is sick and I'm questioning, you know, God, do they see themselves in these characters? I think so, because when adversity hit, I, hits, I think that it's somewhat natural for people to have crisis of faith, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially given that the way uh, the world seems to be shifting uh, when it comes to acceptance of different things that, you know, from my parents' generation and generations before that, where they could never imagine um, openly gay marriage being legal um, and some of the other things that we're moving on. I mean, even today um, with the Black Lives Matter movement or, you know, I I think that history will, will remember what's going on right now as the second civil rights movement. When you see all these things going on, there are people who felt like they have been on the right side of the equation. And now that uh, things are becoming more clear or bales of information are being removed from people's uh, vision, they are starting to see that, you know, the, the line that they thought they were on the right side of, they may be closer to towing that line or they may be on the wrong side of the line. And so it's maybe they are having crisis of faith to say like, hey, God, what do I do now? Or, hey, God, what I believe about this or about that or about these groups of people is now changing or the world that we're living in is accepting something that, you know, biblically, you know, it says that we shouldn't. And so that's kind of a bigger kind of conversation. I don't know how much you want to get into <laughs> that. You know, like the subject of gay marriage is always kind of a hot button issue. Um, kind of regardless of your politics, like if you say that you're a person of faith, but the thing that whenever I have those conversations, I say in order for us to have a conversation or even a debate about gay marriage, we have to agree on what marriage is, and that's a religious institution. If you don't recognize it as a religious institution, then we're comparing apples and oranges, so what we're arguing for or against isn't really the same. So we have to agree on what it is that we're looking at before we kind of go down that road. Um, So I think that it's important for people to kind of have an understanding of the topic or what it is that they're, they're wanting to go after um, in order to, to find that common ground. And I think that that's where we're at now is people are trying to find a commonality because things that we were taught in school, we find out that things were omitted. um, Things weren't really as they appeared or, you know, and things like that. And so that's why um, people were, in today's age, maybe having crisis of faith because what we knew for so long is no longer what is or what is uh, happening today. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I always tell my students that media reflects our culture always, you know, movies, comic books, you know, what's happening at the time. Usually you're going to see somehow that reflected in, in the media, the piece of media that you're talking about. Katie, you want to jump in here? Sure. Um, you know, I think when people see 
real things, religion in comic books, um, you know, it, it helps them to relate. These are real struggles that people deal with. And at the end of the day, while Daredevil has heightened senses, um, he's still human. He's not indestructible. He doesn't have super strength or super speed. All of his skill that he's had, he's had to learn how to hone his radar sense. He's had to learn martial arts. Um, so he's a human person. You know, and there's times his radar sins can work against him. At the end of the day, he's a blind man still. Um, so when you see Matt Murdock in the church, you don't necessarily see Daredevil there. You know, he's there as Matt Murdock, the liar. It seems like he even kind of gives this own dichotomy, and that's part of his struggle between who he is, who he was born, and who he became, which is Daredevil. And that's the struggle, too, because he doesn't really see himself while he is the same person doing that stuff. He knows it's wrong. He knows he shouldn't be doing it. And that's his struggle with himself. And sometimes we have those struggles. We know we shouldn't be doing something and we do it, you know, and if you're going by Catholicism, doing what's wrong is sinful. And so you have that guilt for it. And that's why you go to confession. And that's why you talk to the priest. And that's very common. I mean, like you said, Judeo-Christian society, most people believe in something probably similar to what Matt Murdock believes in. But I think even if you're a person who doesn't, even if you, you're not a Christian or Jewish or have those types of backgrounds, I think that what you see Matt Murdock's doing in these books is he has an internal struggle once again. And I think everybody has that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how it's relatable. Um, I think that people go through that all the time. It's, it's daily. It's, you know, every minute somebody's out there with something that they're, you know, upset about that maybe is beyond their control. And that's part of it too. I think Daredevil helps you to see when he's going to church, sometimes he's upset about things that he just can't control. He wants to fight everybody that's bad. He wants to get him in jail if he can, but there's people he just can't beat. And, you know, a lot of the time that's Kingpin or that's another criminal and he can't beat him for whatever reason. And that's frustrating, but you know, it's, it's just a part of life. And I, that's what I appreciate about the book so much in the character is it's very real in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's, it just kind of hits home, I think for a lot of people. Cade. Is Kingpin the devil? Is Kingpin the devil? Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't see him as the devil. I just see him as a man who has learned to take advantage of a lot of situations, of a lot of people. He's learned how to rise to the top, and obviously, it's not ethical. Um, he intimidates people. Um, he is like the perfect idea of a fascist. Um, he uses fear uh, to control people. Um, I don't think he's the devil, um, but I think that he's a really bad dude. And I think that that's obviously why Matt Murdock fights against him. But I think Matt Murdock sees a little bit of the devil in everybody, including himself. And maybe that's why he's daredevil. Maybe that's why. He's a lawyer by day trying to do good. And maybe that's why he put on a devil costume is because he knows when he goes out and does it, he's not necessarily doing something that's legal and it's not something that he necessarily should be doing. I mean, he's kind of doling out his own form of justice 
and uh, it's not technically lawful, and he knows that. So maybe he sees himself, and I, once again, as as part of the problem in a way. But he, I think he also thinks it's come to this. This is what mm-hmm. I have to do to mm. protect people and to protect, you know, my my city. Come back to hear part two of my conversation with comic book experts Kate Polson and Anthony Brown as we talk about Daredevil, the superhero with a religion. And as always, thanks for listening. This has been the Positively Joy podcast. If you have not subscribed, please hit that subscribe button or that follow button so you don't miss any new episodes. We'll see you next time. Same bat time, same bat channel, as they say in the comic book world. Farewell for now.